You get an alert that one of your Facebook friends is going live with video on Facebook, and you tune in, but you did not want to see this. With Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. This episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Gentlemen, what you see is Hamas terrorists torturing and terrorizing your friend on Facebook, because during the invasion of Israel, when Hamas got a hold of someone and they could get their phone, they would log in, in many cases, to their social media accounts and go live on their social media accounts with what then became a terrifying uh, episode of torture and death broadcast live for their friends and family to see on Facebook and elsewhere. And uh, honestly, Bill Whittle, this is this is not a, a parlor conversation. This is not a talk show topic. This is just my overwhelming, overflowing disgust at the depravity of the people who committed these acts. As we go to record this, there are headlines indicating that Israel may have accidentally bombed a hospital where some people were hiding out. And uh, and I say accidentally, I don't need an investigation to prove that they accidentally bombed a hospital because it's Israel and they do not intentionally bomb hospitals. Um, but this, Bill, is intentional. It's not just Oh, our historical enemies who have been keeping us down for all this time must pay a price that justice may be served when you break into somebody's home and take the teenager's phone and then record the torture and the episodes of violence that follow that. Bill, how can you conduct ordinary warfare or diplomacy, frankly, with people who can do this? When you told me this story, I was reminded of, um, just finished a long series on the um, Soviet terror state, uh, and there's an excellent, really readable book by Martin Amos, son of Kingsley Amos, and he was talking about how communism doesn't get the same treatment that Nazism does, and he said, as a concession, because this was an anti-communist indictment, he said, despite all of the horrors that the Soviets inflicted, if you watch footage from World War II and you see Soviet soldiers fighting Nazi soldiers, you know which side you're on. And and you, your, your body knows, your DNA knows. And I get that same feeling here, you know. When you, the, the, there's a, you know, when you when you talk about whether something is a moral act, you want to you want to live morally, you want to live correctly, you want to live in a way that maximizes human happiness, and you don't want to do things that are violent and kill people and end up causing all kinds of damage. So if it turns out that you face a choice of either doing something or not doing, you'd better, if you if you care about your moral character, you better have a, a good reason for doing this. Now. One of the best reasons is, and I know it sounds very childish, but it really is one of the best reasons for, for retaliation is they started it. That is, that is a very, very good reason because ultimately, you know, everybody talks about revenge, revenge, revenge. Revenge is a form of deterrence. Scott, that's essentially what revenge is. I mean, it's it's a form of deterrence. You killed my brother, so now I'm going to kill your brother so you don't, so you don't come back and do this. My point here is, not only did Hamas start this, but what they are doing with the murdering of civilians and the murdering of, of this and the torture and all this other stuff is so, it's not even unhuman, it's anti-human. They, 
they, they must understand on some level, somebody must understand on some level how much damage this is doing to their political cause that they claim this is all about, but justice for Palestine and so on. Clearly, clearly, they are aware of the damage that they're doing, but their overwhelming animalistic hatred has overcome that. And they are now doing things that are actively causing the so-called uh, Palestinian cause to crumble before the eyes of the world. And so that's telling me that these people are so bloodthirsty and so animalistic and so filled with this consuming rage and entitlement and all the rest of it, that they're not functioning as people anymore. So I, it's another reason to support Israel. But when you saw the first footage coming out uh, last week of, of this, what, what Steve called a terror invasion, which I thought was great, I've never seen one of those before. When you see people just shooting innocent people in their cars and throwing grenades into, into, you know, into hospitals and, and, and shooting babies in the basement, all the rest of this stuff, your body knows which side you're on. And, and there is something that is so fundamentally brutal and animalistic about the way Hamas is functioning that these kind of things don't surprise me. Because this idea that everybody can just get along, there's some, look, there's some people out there that are just bad people. If everybody was a nice person, we wouldn't need guns. But they're not. And some people refuse to accept that. So when you see things like this, you realize on some level, you're dealing with a, with a set of cultural values that are probably two millennia out of date. And these people are not fit li to live next to civilized countries. They're not fit to live next to um, civilians. And if they're willing to destroy their cause in order to get that moment of Allahu Akbar permanent, you know, little temporary revenge where you get to, you get to throw your AK-47 in the air because you got a dead Israeli soldier on your truck, if they're ready to give up their entire cause that they're fighting for, for that, you know, for that 30 seconds of Allahu Akbar uh, elation over having murdered a, a, a young woman, then I say, okay, I get it. You've shown me what your values are. I'm not going to pretend that I'm that I'm misunderstanding you. You've got you've got your own authority. You know you've got you've got your own ability to act. These are your decisions. These are your choices. You're making them. I'm very clear on where you're coming from on this. And now you're going to get the response because free democratic societies allow so much to happen that totalitarian states look at them and always see them as weak so they're just again and again and again and again and again and and on some level they seem weak because they're tolerant but there comes a point and the japanese found out about this and the germans did and a number of other people did too where you can do something that is so heinous that it switches it throws a switch in in decent regular people and it and it makes them not filled with the same hate as they, as they are, but it makes them determined. It it steals their will, you know. It 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 I mean reinforces their will. It's like okay, now we know what we're dealing with. In the Pacific, we were dealing with uh, Japanese soldiers who would surrender. We'd send medics over there. They'd pop a grenade and kill four corpsmen. Okay, this has happened a number of times. Now we know who we're dealing with, and we will treat them accordingly. And. And Hamas is going to get a lesson, as we, as you said last week in your show, Scott, not you, Netanyahu said a lesson that our neighbors, or people like this, are not going to forget for decades. They're going to get that lesson. And not only do they deserve it, and I'm not proud of this, but I'm going to enjoy watching this happen to the fighters.
not to the civilians, but to the fighters, to the to the green headband, Allahu Akbar, let's shoot up some kids, guys. I'm really looking forward to this. It's been a long time coming. Steve Green, um, there in this, uh, I believe, New York Times piece that I read, um, there was a, a quote that said, extremist groups have long turned to social media to further their causes by live streaming attacks and posting propaganda, but hijacking individual hostages, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp accounts, quote, weaponizes social media in a way I don't think we've seen before. And that's a quote from a uh, Johns Hopkins University professor. We are not psychologically prepared for this, he says. Uh, later in the story, there's an account of a live video that began on October 7th on a personal fa Facebook account of someone named Bracha Levinson, a resident of a kibbutz near uh, Gaza. She was seen lying immobile on the ground in a pool of blood surrounded by men holding weapons. And Steve, her friends and relatives saw that she was streaming live on Facebook and of course wanted to know what was going on and went to that page. Uh, this woman's house was later burned to the ground and her family believes that she was killed in the attack. At one point, another Facebook uh, account was hijacked, and during a 20-minute live broadcast, uh, a teenage boy was forced to go outside and tell his neighbors that it was safe and that they should come out. Steve, um, I know that there's this saying that all's fair in war, but in fact, all is not fair in war, and, and, and civilized countries have conventions about what is fair and what is not and what is just and what is not, and um, it seems like you'd have to devote full time to drafting new conventions to outrun the creativity of people like Hamas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really never have liked Facebook, Twitter, whatever, live streaming. Just I'm not a huge fan of social media, as you know. It's just the potential for abuse was always there. It's always been exploited. But, Scott, as you say, this is an entirely new level of exploitation of these platforms. Um, unimaginable, except that somebody did imagine and then went ahead and did it. Bill mentioned the communists, uh, the Soviet Union. I want to I go back to that. Uh, probably everybody watching the show has heard Lenin's famous dictum that the purpose of terrorism is terror. Uh, what they might not know are the, the details behind that, that dictum of his. Uh, you can find these online, uh, Lenin's letters to various local commissars as he was establishing Soviet power throughout the old Russian Empire. And his instructions were, just round up some people and kill them. Kill them publicly, hang them, display the bodies. This is terror. And the point of it was the terror itself. Uh, well, that was, that was one of the points, but I'll get to the other in just a moment. But you terrorize people into being obedient because communism doesn't work any other way. And the other half of it, and this occurred to me, Scott, while, while you were giving your intro, the other half of Lenin's instruction wasn't just to, to, to instill terror in the population. It was to create the kind of men who could instill that terror easily, just as, just as easily as a, as a budding nine-year-old psychopath kills a house pet. Um, you, need to, you need to train this into a, into a huge cadre of commissars who are just willing to whip out their pistol and kill somebody on sight because, yeah, it'll scare the others. Um, and... All I can say about Hamas is they have trained their commissars very well, not just in their willingness 
to to create this terror, but to to do it in imaginative ways that I think would have impressed even Lenin, even Stalin. And these these guys were very good at what they did. In fact, Lenin was sending out these letters at the same time that I think Adolf Hitler was 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 still planning his beer hall putsch, right? This is this is early stuff. And and Palestinian yeah. terror was actually launched in the in the mid sixties with the help of the Soviet Union. Leonid Brezhnev, the the PLO was a was a fusion of nationalism and terrorism. The terrorism they they learned from the Soviets. The nationalism is just one of those ugly traits in, in humanity. And what we have seen is this this virus evolve uh, not just to become tamer like uh, like COVID and most viruses do over time, but it has become a combination that doesn't exist in the natural world. It has become more virulent, or excuse me, it has become, uh, uh, it spreads more readily and it has become more deadly. The opposite of a, of a virus in the wild. Um, wrote a, a fairly depressing column by uh, David Goldman goes by uh, Spengler in the Asia Times. He writes under his own name at PJ Media, talking about that this could very well work if uh, if Israel doesn't eradicate Hamas, and he seemed pretty pessimistic on, on the odds of that happening. There comes a time where Jews will simply start to emigrate out of Israel, and we can't have, we, we, we can't mm-hmm. have that happen. This, this organization has got to be stamped out, and it has to be stamped out as thoroughly as Hamas would slaughter every Jew in the world because it is Hamas is not a political movement. It exists for the sake of killing Jews. And when they're done with that, they're going to kill the Christians. This is their goal. Make no mistake. Scott, just one thing, just because this just came to me. There's a difference between a bad dog and a rabid dog. A bad dog is something you have to keep chained and, and controlled and under a leash and, and, and keep in its box. But a rabid dog has to be put down yeah. because it is no longer even a dog anymore. It's, it's, it is just a force of destruction. And, and that's what I see when I see these guys. I know this has been reported um, or commented about over and over in various ways in the last week or so since this um, attack from Hamas on Israel started, uh, but there is no there is no moral equivalency here. Um, the hijacking social media accounts so that you can live stream the terror and the uh, death of uh, Israelis is following orders for these Hamas so-called soldiers. Um, this is not an aberration. They didn't go off the reservation. They're not rogues. That's right. They didn't violate the code. Uh, they did exactly what was expected of them. If a U.S. soldier or an Israeli soldier did something like this, there would be arrest and trial charges conviction, and uh, depending on the severity of it, long terms of imprisonment or possibly even execution, depending on what was going on here. This, there's no similarity. When Israel bombs a hospital, you can know immediately that it was inadvertent. 
When Hamas destroys a hospital, it's called bullseye, cause for celebration, cause for dancing and cheering in the streets. And the sooner that American supporters of the so-called Palestinian cause get this through their heads, the better off it'll be, uh, not only for the truly peaceful people in the Palestinian territories, but also for the people in the United States who are next on the menu, whether they realize it or not. I'm not saying that we have to be watching over our shoulders or being concerned about people from ethnic groups right now. I'm just saying that if we continue to enable this kind of barbarism and continue to defend it and continue to slam the only elective democracy that has freedoms in the Middle East as if they were the greatest threat to peace and harmony in the Middle East, then we are setting ourselves up for future attack. They, Israel, are our brothers in this battle, and we better come alongside of them and be supportive of them. Uh, this is horrifying in its details, but it's also horrifying in its broader implications, especially considering the reaction of many people around the world who are condemning Israel or calling for restraint on Israel's part when they have faced this kind of threat from people who clearly have no qualms. There, there, there's no PR council meeting right now in Gaza going, how do you think this is making us look? Other than the PR council that says, what other kind of weaponry and, uh, and high-ranking uh, Hamas officials can we position in residential areas and near hospitals and clinics and, and places where Israel would then be cornered into having to hit us there, and then we could claim that they were attacking innocent civilians? There, there is no similarity between the morality of these two causes, and I hope if you know somebody who's on the wrong side of this right now, that you would pray for them and and graciously convince them and show them the facts so that they could see the error of their ways. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.